We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Lori and Julia Show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Nisi Nash is going to be part of the cast. 911 No, it's the movie, uh, the TV series, excuse me. Mrs. America, That's which right. is all about Phyllis Shafley. That's right. Lisey Nash is going to be in that. I knew she got a big, big job. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to talk a little Prince, Julia? I've got uh, <laughs> I've got some scoop for you on the memoir that came out on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I want to know the that. The beautiful ones. And the best story is the story... I mean, I guess I didn't know this story, but the woman who talked Prince into doing a memoir, the right? book agent, and... She's a, she's 77 years old. Okay. Her name is Esther Newberg, and she is the co-head of ICM Partners Publishing Department. And she has talked, she talked Ruth Gator Ginsburg into doing her book. Okay. She talked Bob Iger into oh, yeah. doing his okay. memoir. She talked Tom Hanks. Wow. Just in the, and she talked Prince. Wow. So, um... Here is, she's sharing with the Hollywood Reporter what it was like to negotiate the book contract with Prince. So she said she met Prince through one of his lawyers. She flew out to Minnesota with a colleague. And at one point in that first meeting, Prince said to me, who's your favorite? And I just sort of looked down and replied, Bruce Springsteen. And he says, so you brought your own music guy who likes me. And he started to laugh and Mm -hmm. he was adorable. Because he was maybe pressing her about, did she know his music, but her colleague did. Yes. And then um, she brought three, she brought editors from three different houses, which she said, you never do. But I knew that he would be bored with meeting after meeting after meeting. Right. So she wanted to get it one and done. There they all were trying to curry his favor. He went with an editor who'd done Jay-Z's book. That was a huge thing for Prince. Uh Uh-huh. And then um, he... When she asked him what were his ideas, he showed her a chart of his family going back generations, which was astonishing. He wanted to start the book with his mother. He almost remembered her from the crib. He had an unbelievable memory. Really? He wanted to talk about why he stayed in Minnesota. He just didn't want other people writing anymore about him. He wanted to set the story straight. Sure. Well, that's what we had heard from the when we heard it was a done deal. He yeah. wanted to tell his story. And uh, so he had maybe five, 50 handwritten pages done, and we've heard that. And those are actually in the book. And um, 
and then uh, oh, think of what we're missing. all of it. And and the intent before Prince's death was that this Dan would collaborate along the way and help him shape his stories right. and stuff. And so, um, what else did she say? Oh, his book deal was famously wild. He wanted the ability to buy the book back in case he didn't want to release it. I am or even after the book was published, just like you know, yeah. Masters with yes. songs. He kept calling and saying, I want this in the contract. I don't want that in the contract. And I'm going to give you all a concert if you can make it happen. And so Random House made sure to say when this announcement was released Mm -hmm. that this was a one of a kind Mm -hmm. book deal. And um, so he did put on a concert for Random House employees. I love that. He he flew in. to New York City, and okay. he performed at a club in Tribeca, and on stage, he thanked the co-author, Dan yes. Pippenberg, or whatever his name is, his publisher, and personally thanked me, Esther Newberg. One of my friends said, seriously, did you ever think you'd be in your 70s, and an iconic rock star would thank you from the stage? Wow. Amazing. And, you know, then they asked the Hollywood Reporter, were you worried the project would fall apart? Mm-hmm. And she said, I've been waiting for this publication day thinking it wouldn't happen. Maybe if Prince had lived, there wouldn't have been a book. I think he would have loved it, but I don't know. Now they're printing 300,000 copies, which is a lot, even for Prince. And they'll sell them. And how do you think he would have promoted the book? Esther said he wanted to make sure that that when there was a book, he could bring it out in a very different way. Maybe do something at Radio City, Madison Square Garden. He certainly wasn't going to go on morning shows. No, I didn't see that. But that would have been a right? different, different. He would have gone on Tamron Hall's show. Yes, he would have. Because mm-hmm. I didn't realize those two were such good buddies. Lori, don't you remember she didn't show up for work for like 10 days? You're right. They yeah. were all. But I felt like I learned about it more after the fact. I guess I didn't. Um, wasn't, well, we should have tuned in when she was the cover of that one album. Well, right. And I didn't even know that that was her. If I could get your attention, because I didn't buy that album. That's why. So I'm just saying. they were such good friends. She didn't come back to work for like 10 days when she was at NBC after he passed because she absolutely couldn't handle it. They kind of seemed like they were crushing on I each other. I think they were totally crushing on each other. And... Yep. Oh I totally think they were. And it, um, he liked her to take a selfie of her, whatever she was going to wear on air every day and send it to him. He loved fashion so much. Oh my! And she had such a great. Well, I guess eye. in his book, in the word, in his own words, right. he does talk about his mom and dad's fashion and how they would dress up to go out to the nines. I loved it. Peep, I love that. Just, just yeah, to the nines. And the book, Donnie got us one copy of the book. Do we have it? Yeah, I yeah. have it. And I get it when you're done, Julia. The book has a scent. It does? Is it 31, 21, 21, 21? I don't know what they have sent to the pages with, but there is a definite have it? scent. Yes. Is it yeah. in the, in our office right now? No. You brought it home and you lied to me and didn't even tell me. Julia, I no. forgot. No, no, you wanted to get it out of here. Just Julia, out of this. I get the tambourine. Yeah, you're not. I get the tambourine. You can have the book. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, the, book, the-, the book is not that long. It's only 260 pages and apparently... Um, according to Slate, uh, how many pages are Prince? 20. 
but printed pages imagine? and Prince's own words out of a total of 280. Can you imagine if he had lived and really wrote this? Well, I mean, this is, I guess, here's the section that Prince did write. He describes growing up in the 60s and 70s in Minneapolis. He admits to his first big failure, which was he went to a grade school talent show and tap dance. At, with no training and no music, and a okay, schoolmate scolded him and said, "Black people don't tap dance anymore," and he was just completely humiliated. Oh and he oh. also talks about his first kisses. Who'd he kiss? Playing house with a little girl who had a flair for domestic drama. I guess he goes into <laughs> detail uh, what it was like for domestic, domestic drama. <laughs> what it was like going to grade school and on up with the name Prince. Right, you can imagine the crappy right. guy. And also, he goes on at quite length in his own handwriting the personalities and physiques of various high school girlfriends. Oh, um, so that's something. And then, most of all, he talks about his parents. He begins with my mother's eyes and my father's piano, the two earliest influences he credits with opening up his senses and his imagination. He unpacks the truth behind when. Doves cry because remember two men, right. the father and his never satisfied mother, and um, so he talks a lot about his mom and dad in these pages that he has, and it was starting at the beginning. And what the autobiographer's account seems to play down is how deeply destabilizing his parents' divorce, divorce would be was. For it was him. huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't get that because that Prince hadn't gotten mm-hmm. to that far. But most striking is the Purple Rain treatment where we find a much younger Prince, again, writing at length about his upbringing, this time in the guise of the backstory for the kid, you know, which from is a character movie. from yep. the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. And while it's obviously exaggerated, it is basically the story of his parents because there wasn't a right. murder, you know, it wasn't all that stuff, but... Anyway, I, we'll, we'll never know what else he would have put in there, but but people really are liking it, the book. Mm. You know, giving yeah, it a lot it'll of... It'll be a bestseller for sure. Yeah, but oh, 300,000 copies. They'll sell out. Yeah, yeah. They'll sell out. They totally will. And now, I mean, because that is a book, you'd want to see the pictures, fan, and you want to see the it. handwriting, and now that you tell us it's in Centorama... yeah. Central the time. And and we have, you know, and you do have stuff, even though it's not really his memoir because we didn't have that much from, it's basically everyone's saying it is so worth reading. Right. You know, and then just kind of wondering what else could have been. And people like Dan, the guy who helped put it together. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool, Pretty cool. And, of course, Katy Perry is not saying a word about, you know, the story in the book about... Prince <clears throat> Well, no, he just, no matter how much radio programming programmers try to shove Katy Perry and Ed Sheeran down her throat, we don't want to listen to that all the time. Or if any of the time. She's not responding, and I think that's good. Yes. She's also busy getting sued. You know, not only is she back in court, going to go back to court for Dark Horse, now she's being sued for using a Hillary Clinton photo and getting sued 150000 Okay, that surprises me because she was Hillary Clinton. She went but out and stumped for Hillary. She's not being sued by Hillary. It's she's the being, photographer. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. these photographers want their rights. All right, good I, for I them. I agree with them. It's, that's it, not I her too. photo. It's, bla- it's back grid photograph, and she does have people and stuff. So, All no, right. it's not Hillary suing her. It's she's the photographer. Got it. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. And then, you know, Morris Day, I don't know if anyone is reading his book, you know, because that book came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, no Bad idea. timing, you know. 
bad no. timing. Why you would did think he do that, that? or unless well, he, they were thinking they could piggyback, but right. it's two completely different. That's bad timing. Yeah, because that's called on time a princely life in funk, and it's with this like a. You know, a well-known journalist, David Ritz, worked with him. So I don't know if he thought that they would piggyback, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they would, if it, that was deliberate on the part of the publisher. But seems like it could have had some room to breathe. Yeah. I right. did try to get him, but no. no I, Donnie, no, I tried. All I can say is no. Yeah, I know. And he's really, you know, I mean, Billboard's interviewing Rolling yeah, Stone. He was on Kimmel. I mean, he is getting yeah. some love. Yeah. And many people would say that their favorite part of Purple Rain, a lot of people are like, was Morris Day. Well, and those two were friends, friends and they forever, go, they go way, way back. back. Yep, yeah, way, way, way back. I think Prince lived with Morris Day's family for a time. Yes. Yeah. Remember right. Prince taught him how to move on stage? Mm-hmm. Told that story? Yeah. Keep your hands in your pockets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. All right, listen, we'll be right back with the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hello, hello, Lori and Julia. Let's start out with a little Johnny Depp legal update. So, Do we want to know? Yeah, actually, this is okay. Uh, right. Johnny Depp has settled a legal dispute with his former law firm, and uh, we're not going to be able to know the details of this settlement. However, both parties announced the settlement, and they're avoiding trial. This trial was set to begin in December. Was this, so this against is the one. his managers? No. Yeah. So that one was already settled. Okay. Oh, oh this gosh. was between Johnny Depp and talent lawyer Jake Bloom. I mean, there's a lot of legalese, but Johnny Depp's representative, his legal advisor, said the following. The law firm formerly known as Bloom Hergot sued by Johnny Depp for a multi-decade fraud and malfeasance spree, and after losing a landmark ruling, avoided the shame of evidence in a public trial by paying Mr. Depp an eight-figure settlement. They are correct that eight figures is a fraction of nine figures. So. Yes. Now, so that is settled. But what Johnny Depp's people is saying is like, it was really good that they settled because we were going to air all your dirty laundry out during this trial that was set to start in December. But still, if I was yeah. owed nine figures and I'm I figuring get out eight what figures. nine figures is one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's ten. Is that only is that only. Is that ten million? That's or 10, 10 million. 000? Ten, That's 10 million. million. Okay, so, so got ten yeah. million. Yeah. So they got an eight-figure settlement, which means that they're missing a zero in that. That's so a lot. From a hundred thousand. Well, from a, mil- from a million, from five to ten million, that's a pretty significant chunk of change. I mean, if we're just yeah. thinking in hypotheticals about all this right, settlement. All right, but- yeah, so this is just bringing you Johnny up Johnny probably speed. needs the cash and needs I'm, to settle. I think so, too, because he's got... It's like getting paid a nickel on the dollar mm-hmm. in bankruptcy or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So now Johnny Depp can turn his attention to his other legal battles, which include. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. That defamation fight <sighs> with his ex, Amber Heard, that is still moving forward where he is countersuing for $50 million for that article in the Washington Post. So that one's still ongoing. So just wanted to bring attention to the fact that Johnny Depp is settling some legal matters. But those but, two will both be able to answer the question, do either of you have a relationship regret? Both of them will say yes. Yes, that person. <laughs> right. But you think about it, I really do think that article and the tone, and it, it ruined his career. He was, he was, after her, he had a new sign, assaulter. Yeah. It ruined his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. And he was slowly ruining on his own via drugs and other things. Bad so who's movies. ever writing that one, yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. So that's just all I feel. Who's ever right? Right. And to your point, Julia, because he was no longer signed on to the Pirates of the Caribbean Disney. franchise. And also he was in the Fantastic Beast film series over at Warner Brothers. And it seems like they don't really want to work with him in those family friendly capacities. Right. I think that he doesn't he have some kind of independent movie he's working on. Yes, he does. Somewhere. Yeah, not yes. much. No. Yeah. I mean, not private. I think he's much. got his uh, Dior contract yes and they've stayed savage yeah, they've, they've stayed, stayed with, with them. them yeah well and those commercials got the they, can yeah I mean, right oh, away boy all right let's talk about harry styles addressing his decision to pass on the role of prince herrick in the little mermaid he reboot. didn't pass he can he was in it and then he dropped out yeah yeah and he doesn't want to say why all he's saying is that he didn't go through with the role of prince eric in the little mermaid remake because of quote a few things Called his his his, his brand people, his brand. They laid it all he out. It was too early for him to be a voice in a Disney movie. But what is it? But his body. It would have been his body. Yeah, his whole way too early. Yeah. yeah. No, they're like you're not going backwards if you're trying to rid you right. rid yourself of a boy band image. This is not yes. the direction to go. Yeah, Harry Styles. It is not the one direction to go. Mm-hmm. That he yeah, said that. Time. Yeah, Harry <laughs> said that he met with Rob Marshall, the director of the movie. He said that they had a good meeting, and that uh, he said he thinks the movie's going to be amazing. And he's excited for it, but mm-hmm. he just has a few things that he needs to do besides being in a Disney live action movie. He needs to star in the movie. Mick J- Jagger movie. I mean, when is that going to happen? Well, we've I got love so to many see in the early worst. Stones biopic. I of think their the wild biopics, like I said, are taking over rom coms. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, they're okay. boomers. They're boomer biopics. Mm-hmm. I want someone to do the book based on Keith Richards' autobiography. Oh, Lori. That was my one good present I did. Oh, that was a great book. I know. That was one of the best Yeah, and there's so many juicy things in that book, but then getting Keith's perspective, because we all have a stereotype of Keith Richards in our mind, but then when you go ahead and read the book, he has so much depth, and the memories that Keith Richards has Well, he was a journal keeper because he wrote songs, so luckily for him, and then he would turn over... uh, to a bandmate or whoever in the book, I was really wasted, so I can't quite remember. So he turns over the storytelling to somebody else, which I've never, ever read in a book before. 
Yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> well, my sister's my in a memoir. But I mean, I've yeah. never Isn't read that, that funny? But that is so true. Storytelling I technique. I love that. All right. Well, Harry Styles, we look forward to you playing Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood is calling out Paris Hilton for calling Millie Bobby Brown hot on Instagram. Millie Bobby Brown being 15 years old. Evan Rachel Wood not liking that at all. Paris Hilton's tagline is that's hot. That's right. I mean, come on. Then Evan Rachel Wood responded to that comment that Paris Hilton made on a photograph of Millie Bobby Brown. She's 15. That's Mm. hot. That's just like saying, well done. I mean, that's... It's it's from Paris, so that's what I... I will say this. Evan Rachel Wood is very... She is an activist, man. She is like, she is calling out people on stuff. She's standing up for things. And I think kind of, you know, she's just not... She's just had it with people and always the sexualizing of everything female. And I will say that Evan Rachel Woods's comments about Paris Hilton's comments are getting mixed reactions. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some people being like, well, like yeah, you know, that's her signature that's her trademark. That's and right. I am friends with Evan Rachel Woods. That's right. She confided we, deeply. She in confided you. deeply, deeply at like two in the morning in the bathroom at the Four Seasons. Oh, man. About so you, the breakup with... Uh, with um, Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Confided deeply. I mean, we were in there a long time. Oh, boy. I'm dead serious. She I, was, she's really sweet, but I do really feel like sweet. she is, like, you know, she's a mother now, and... Yes. So, mixed feelings yeah, on her right, comment. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Paris is trademarked. That's hot. That's mm-hmm. her thing. Speaking of Paris Hilton, she's talking to The Guardian and says that she owns 100 Juicy Couture tracksuits. Just to bring it back, she said, my everyday wear is very comfortable. You know, and she still wears them. To Paris Hilton's credit, she still wears... And they still fit. Yeah, she's... And you've got to be tight to oh. have wear those terry cloth track suits. Yeah, I would say. Oh, boy, they are unforgiving. Oh, I, yes. I can honestly say I never had a juicy terry cloth. No, uh, I didn't either, mm-hmm. but that was such a coveted thing to have. Yeah, but I was. never had terry cloth sweats either. I oh. had to stop somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just have to stop. She said that she wears them when she's at home going to the beach. By the way, her favorite outfit that she wore is a chainmail Julian McDonald dress she wore to her 21st birthday all the way back in 2001. That's the one Kylie Jenner had a a knockoff of that dress made. Remember? Didn't she go as Paris Hilton for Halloween last year in that dress? I I feel like she did. I feel like Kylie Jenner knocks off everybody. (laughs) Yeah, or it was Kendall. It was Kendall. One of the two. Oh, boy, yeah. All right, what's happening on... And then there was a scandal. Vintage. Scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. We usually are. Yes, <laughs> every day. Every day. I am shocked I work with you. I am, uh, I couldn't stop reading about Robert, Robert Evans, who died last Saturday in Hollywood, 89 years old. The producer, and I, I was just he like, made I, a lot of great movies, Chinatown. Yeah, tons and tons of movies, but his life. He was really good looking too. Oh yeah, his life is like a movie. So oh, tell me. Okay, so I mean, he's not the first guy to break into Hollywood, but being just extremely good looking, right? But when it he helps. jumped into the pool at the Beverly Hills Hotel one day in 1956, as he took a break from his tedious job of selling women's trousers at the Evan Pacone and in in, uh, in Beverly Hills, he was spotted by Norman uh, Shear, the actress. Lear. Uh, Norma oh, Shear, oh, Norma, the woman. Oh, okay, and she decided that you know he would play her famous movie star husband. 
blah, blah, blah. And anyway, so in the late 60s and 70s, Robert Evans produced some of the movies that are still considered the best movies ever made in Hollywood. Not one of the movies he produced lost money. He he bought Mario Puzo's The Godfather while right. Mario Puzo was still writing it. He wow. snatched up Rosemary Baby by Ira Levin. He bought uh, just so many books. He was oh, on top of it. Love incredible. Story. He bought yeah, that. Yeah. And But his private life is even more colorful than all these amazing successful movies. So what's his name again? Robert Evans. Okay. And if you see the pictures of him when he was married to Allie McGraw, Beautiful. you see what a gorgeous man he was. And it's almost like he could be a figure in a Harold Robbins novel totally, or totally, something like yes. that. He was a ladies man like Jack Nicholson, a Warren Beatty. He was yeah. on that level in oh, yeah. Hollywood. He was charming. He was ruthless. He married no fewer than seven times. Oh, bless his heart. None of them lasted more than three years, and his marriage to Catherine Oxenberg lasted nine days, and it was annulled. <laughs> He's so good looking. So good looking. Oh, yeah. he, he just said monogamy wasn't for him. He had love affairs with Grace Kelly, Raquel Welch, Ava Gardner, Lana Turner, Liv Ullman, Margot Hemingway. He threw, he was an admitted hedonist. There haven't been any Me Too stories about him, but he was famous for taking meetings in his bathroom. Okay. Poolside at his Mm -hmm. house. So, um, but he was convicted for possessing cocaine and the murder scandal that he was uh, part of that was his first fall from grace in Hollywood that he really had is that in 1983, this 33-year-old theatrical promoter from New York City, um, he entered into agreement with Robert Evans to finance a movie called The Cotton Club. Right, right, right. Evans was seeking money for this. And Evans had been uh, introduced to Roy by this woman that uh, Robert Evans admitted to having an affair with. And she was also P.S., like the West Coast cocaine traffic queen. Okay? She introduces him to Ray, who's going to give... The money to fund the Cotton Club, which is this 1920s epic he's going to do with Coppola. His body, riddled with bullets, was found in a dry wash in California a month after he disappeared in 1983. And these guys were arrested, and it was called the Cotton Club Murder. And a witness in 1989 testified that one of the defendants in the case, namely Robert Evans and this Greenberger, this woman who's the cocaine traffic queen of the West Coast, were responsible for ordering the hit. Evans pleaded at the, he was never charged, but when he did have to testify, he pled the fifth to everything. Wow. And it was at that point, um, and then this woman, the cocaine woman, she and three other guys were, were eventually found guilty of this guy's murder. But his reputation was in tatters. The Cotton Club by them was over budget and was a huge flop at the box office. It was a huge flop. Yeah, and he said, he wrote in his book, The Kid Stays in the Picture, Doors Closed on Me Quietly, Calls were not return. He was told he would have to vacate his longtime office at Paramount, which he did not have to do. He only ended up getting kicked off the Paramount lot this past July 
And one of his dear friends, Nikki Haskell, said he died of a broken heart, that he did not have a home because he had that office at the oh, Paramount lot right, for 52 right. years. Right. Um, also, he had to sell his beloved estate, Woodland, to a neighbor on the condition he allowed to be living there as a renter right. without telling Robert Evans, his pal, Jack Nicholson, flew to Monte Carlo pled with the owner of the house that had bought Bob Evans's estate from him right. to sell the house back to to Evans. And he did. Jack Nicholson talked wow. him into that. And um, so when he bought back his estate after these hard times, in 1991, he launched his uh, comeback. He produced... Uh, Sliver with Sharon Stone and oh, Billy yeah. Baldwin. Yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, the Saint, the Out of Towners. I love The Saint. Yeah. And that was with um, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Yes. That girl, and it was... Um, I can't think of who Oh, I know who it is. It's the, it's the guy who married Amy Robert's sister. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Oh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. He, he threw just like amazing parties. People loved going to him because he always he had the best like cocaine. He, he was such a guy. A successful screenwriter even claimed that Robert Evans once sent him a congratulatory note for one of his scripts put in a very private place that a lady could carry around with her. Hmm. Okay, so there's that story. Name it, he's done it, he said. And, of course, the reason why he named um, his biography that he did, The Kid Stays in the Picture, is because Daryl Zanuck, when everybody wanted to throw him off of The Sun Also Rises... I don't even know who you're talking about. Daryl Zanuck was the head of Paramount that oh. that gave Robert okay. Evans the job at 36. He said the kid stays in the picture. Right. That's how he got that yeah. story. But yeah. he looked like Robert Wagner well, in the 70s. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. He kind of did. He was. He had huge tinted sunglasses. He wore his shirt collars, you know, big and wide and open. He wore high heels. He has a tan that was always described as sort of charred bacon. He was like a, 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 a parody of Tinseltown success, but um, he he made it his business to know everyone who mattered. He knew Henry Kissinger, Cary Grant, the photographer Helmut Newton, and he insisted that an Italian direct The Godfather because he wanted it to be so real to the Italian sure. experience, he could smell the spaghetti. <laughs> he made Coppola add an hour to his movie because he said it was just a long trailer for a movie that had no warmth. He talked right. the studio into hiring Marlon Brando, who was uninsurable when they started. Really? When, yeah, he was not an insurable uh, actor, and he, he was... Insisted on Mia Farrow being in Rosemary's Baby. The studio did not want her. And um, he, yeah, the they they thought that Paramount, that Marlon Brando was too unreliable and they couldn't get insurance. Jeez. Studio and, did not want uh, Al Pacino. No, for... Um, for Godfather. Do you know who they thought about? I heard this the other day. Yeah. Ryan O'Neill. Neil, oh, that would have been terrible. Well, he was, he, was I'm bad enough, Jimmy Kahn was playing an Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love him. Well, James Kahn. Well, I know, he's great. Yeah. Sonny, yeah. Then Al Pacino, you know, uh, Robert Evans put him in Serpico. Yeah. And then also Evans 
uh, wanted to hire Sir Lawrence Olivier to play the murderous Nazi doctor and Marathon Man. He flew to London to beg for insurance coverage because Olivier had cancer and he was destitute and he promised Robert Evans he would not die during the filming of Marathon Man. And every day the studio honchos were saying to Robert Evans, get Olivier off the set. He's going to die. Get him out of here before he dies because if an actor dies before the picture's done, could close the whole thing down. And as for his own love story, he was just... a lover. A lover. He didn't always treat them well. Evans claimed he started going on with Margot Hemingway in revenge for her grandfather, Ernest Hemingway, who wanted him out of the movie The Sun Also Rises, based on the Hemingway novel. Oh, for crying out loud. And um, anyway, he, his Dynasty star Catherine Oxenberg was annulled after nine days. And of course, Ally McGraw had the big affair with um, mm, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. He was working in Paris when he discovered they were having an affair and he said, well, I left her on set with the coolest guy on the planet. What was I thinking? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> he said, when your wife leaves you, it's hard, but when she leaves you for the most famous man in the world, it makes you feel kind of small. Uh, but he always said she was the love of his life. She was the only woman he had a child with. Oh. So. Um, you also used to hang out with Henry Kissinger. Yeah, that's what I said. That oh, he, I'm sorry, he Lauren. made a point yeah. of knowing absolutely his son Josh <laughs> Evans with Ally McBeal or Ally McGraw is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I'm looking at all these beautiful pictures. Yeah. Oh, he's just lovely. Robert Town, the screenwriter for Chinatown, said if Evans were a racehorse, they'd have to call him caution to the winds. And Dustin Hoffman plays a parody of Robert Evans in the nineteen ninety seven dark comedy. Wag the dog, where he plays the tanning oh, yeah. bed. Yes, using. yes, that's a parody of Robert okay. Evans. So he and he's a one-time first. He's a one-time actor. It's a Hollywood first. He's a one-time actor. Became the production head of a major mm-hmm. movie studio, and not one of his movies while he was the head lost money. <laughs> but that cocaine Amazing. and the Cotton Club. I mean, he did. He had to build himself back up, but. His friends say that he died of a broken heart because Paramount kicked him out of the lot That's in July. That's so sad. Why couldn't That's, they have just let him have I his bass yeah, and his typewriter and his water cooler? His you know he still had a typewriter probably just for like... And his thermos. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what the heck? That he'd bring yeah, his soup on. in. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Ah, Little Prince. Thanks, Donnie. I love that song. I never get sick of that song. It's such a good getting ready to go out. And that's the one that Tamron Hall was the image on the sleeve? No, no. That's 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 old old Prince. That's an older one. Yeah, yeah. That is never mind. Okay, so I love this headline in juxtaposition to this other headline. So Michael Lowen. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's dad. That's right. Uh, he respected Middle Eastern scholar that he is. Um, <laughs> said that his daughter's relationship with Saudi Crown Prince, the guy who killed Khashoggi, yes. is platonic and respectful and is not having a secret affair. Nothing more. Nobody writes about the good work Syria. Lindsay does in Syria. They just oh. want to hear the bad stuff. She has a platonic and respectful relationship. With MBS, he even calls them by that. Mohammed bin, uh, I forget. Uh, Sal- Salman. Salman. Yeah. 
by initials. So, uh huh, wink, wink. And then we get this story Lindsay Lowen drops 14K on 11 night stay at a luxury New York City hotel, renting movies, guzzling vodka, binging on Twizzlers and MMs from the mini bar, and ordering incense sticks from room service. <laughs> and her check in name is Lily Flowers. Oh, boy. Yeah. She stayed in a room that cost $775 a night, which is cheaper than her unpaid tab, 46000 at the Chateau Marmont. She still has that tab at the Chateau Marmont. That's why she didn't ever mm-hmm. go back to L.A. Anyway, but... Jeez. She, I, no one ever talks about the, the good, good she's idea. doing in Syria. Well, I saw that one video where she was like trying to kidnap the, some kid. <laughs> I don't know about her. She's honestly. become a caricature of herself. It's it's just, kind of it, you know. it really it's unbelievable. It really is a little painful. And then the dad also said uh, M- MSB did not give her a credit card, which he so did. Even to say that exactly, Julia. Duh. Yeah, and there's one above the black. I know it. And then uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the credit card. I know. Yeah, I know. yeah everyone I know. knows. Okay, yeah. so. All right, so in other news, in other okay, news, boomers. okay, boomers, yeah, you know that's so are. funny. Here this we go. This one is freaking me out a little bit. Tell me, and I, it, it's just because maybe that HBO already yes. had another show planned, and they were going to give that prequel with Naomi Watts the boot all along. They already have another show yeah, that they, they you know, know that's coming out. Maybe they haven't filmed it yet, but I think they had their. I think they didn't want to have anything to do with that show. Is that what wow. you're going to tell no, me? No, I was going to oh. tell you that um, we've got the price point for the new HBO Max, which is a new streaming. But that's not till next May. Don't so even what, get us thinking about is, it. It's going to give thing, us an upset stomach. Well, maybe not. Maybe some people will these see it delight. These streaming wars are going to explode. We can't right, have yeah, no, all of these. It's too much. It's too much. People are having streaming overload. Mm-hmm. And and now you can't share your passcode with everybody. <laughs> well, I mean that's smart on the part of the streaming well, services duh. or whatever. But it's like it's gotten to be too much. Like Casey goes, well, if we have Apple, would we need HBO? And I'm like, I don't know. Google it. I have no idea. <laughs> well, like, well, tell us what how much it's going to cost. Fourteen ninety nine a month. Right. So that's on top of your HBO. That's an no. addition. Yes, yes, it is, Lori. That's, That's what I'm telling you. An additional fifteen dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's there's no ads, so they raise the price. Well, I, I mean, unless they are planning on having no good programming anymore on, on HBO, HBO to drive it all over to Max, but how does that make I sense? Know. You know what I mean. Yeah. All we know is that's too much. I want to go back. That's too much. I want time to stop right now, and right. so we can just catch up and just live a day without. I mean, One so far, the programming that they've announced is there's going to be a stand-up special with Conan. There's going to be uh, Gina Rodriguez and Bobby Sue. There's going to be a Game of Thrones maybe in two years. I yeah. mean, they must have a lot uh, in the... The works. The works or something. But I have streaming fatigue. You know, like I had Felicity fatigue a couple weeks ago. Totally. It's, I have, it's too much. I, everything is. So I'm going to tell you... I did read another good review, though, for another... Uh, uh, entertainment outlet that did like the morning show. Oh, good. And again, Jennifer Aniston, the star of the show, really, really good. Good. But I, we're totally going to watch it. Oh, you sure. know we're in this for is, that. Yeah. This, is our, this is our thing. This is our wheelhouse. This is our thing. This kind of made me sad. Remember the viral Subway singer 
who opened well, her the mouth. the violin lady, the homeless violin she lady sa- in L.A.? No, well, she's, yes. And then she went on to sing opera in the subway system. She got a, a recording thing, and then she lost her contract she was offered because she didn't show up. Oh, no. So Emily Zamakura. Did they send a car for her? She is homeless. I don't know the details. I mean, she's she been, is okay. homeless. Okay. But you would have think that they would arrange Emily a car. has not responded to what I felt was the world on a silver platter. Oh, um, proven no. formula that has worked hugely successfully for this gentleman before. To say we're not on the same page artistically would be an understatement. We're told Emily never signed the contract from Diamond to completely fund and produce the recording session. Maybe she was overwhelmed with it all. Well, and a lot of times when people are homeless, there's another component that goes yeah, on with it. Right. And people don't want help. I or mean, they might not and, be in the position right, to be able and, to, and like, it might be overwhelming. suffering from mental illness, yeah, I, I a lot of times aren't willing to take yeah. their medications to yeah. help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear that a lot, and so maybe it was just too overwhelming. And I don't know. And I'm thinking they forgot to send a car for her. She wasn't at the right spot. Well, okay, but I'm sure it was more than that. And we're going to get a better story tomorrow with a happier ending on that one. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody have a great, great night. Tomorrow's Halloween. It is. Pick a treat. Job done. Off you go.